Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Um, and I'm your host, Jordan Miller, with my co-host, Laura Hawk. And we are live from Rapid City, South Dakota, at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help on this Monday, December 21st, 2020, just approaching Christmas. Uh, Laura, good morning to you. Good morning, Jordan. It's, it's good to be here with you. Truly, we're, we're just five days or four days from Christmas. It I is, know, it I, is know. Here. I know. I um, know. We are back from our, this is our second show, our first one being in August, so we've taken a bit of a break. Um, but we're back in our box of a studio in the basement of the cathedral. Um, and yeah, we're excited to be back. We've got some a good lineup today um, for you for these next couple of hours. Um, Laura, do you want to go ahead and introduce our first guest? Yeah, yeah. So um, with us here in the studio is Alyssa O'Connor. Um, it's good to have you here, Alyssa. Yeah, thank you, ladies, for having me on. I'm super yeah. excited to be here with you guys and talk about something that's <laughs> so very important to me. Yes, and that that very thing is is the way in which the Lord works uh, through through beauty, um, particularly in in art, mm-hmm. in Catholic um, sacred art. Um, Alyssa is a young Catholic artist here in Rapid City. She's also a parishioner here at the cathedral. So I've had a chance to visit with her about her own work and her beautiful awareness of the way in which the Lord uses um, sacred art to, to reach his people. So we do. We have a good show with her. Um, but without further ado, Alyssa, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Um, well, as Laura said, I uh, am a parishioner of the cathedral, born and raised South Dakotan in the heart of Rapid City. <laughs> like, my heart is very fond of the hills. <laughs> um, and I've been, I've been drawing... Um, Literally since I could hold a pencil, um, it has always been something that has been so instilled as me from childhood, and I'm, I'm more than blessed to have been able to carry it into my adult life and even into my career and vocation as an artist. Um, so it's it's been an immense blessing to say the absolute least to to be part of, of the church's work and part of His divine plan and produce things that are so gravely important for the yeah. salvation of souls. So yeah. can you tell us, I mean, I know you, you're a parishioner here, but can you tell us kind of about how, I mean, your family's pretty involved too within, you know, the parish. So can you just like speak to that a little bit and how um, also you like grew up in the parish and what that looked like for your family? I so guess? yeah, we, over the last several years and whatnot, we've slowly started engaging in more, um, whether it be with the faith formation or helping out with youth groups and whatnot. Uh, my younger brother and I did a lot of the camps that the diocese held and whatnot, gone on their mm-hmm. trips and everything. Um, and it's, it's just always been something that's been a huge, a huge importance of, of our entire family of we need to be active in our faith because this is the thing that's, this is the most important part of our lives. This mm-hmm. isn't just something that we do out of routine. It's not just Sunday masses yeah, and right. occasionally you go right. formation on Wednesday nights <laughs> and whatnot. Um, it's really something that has been held close to our family. Um, and I think ultimately that has helped lead me to where I am in terms of my devotion, not only to the faith, but how I show that through sacred art. Sure. 
Yeah, it's not it's not just a part of your life. It, it is, you know, um, there's a true immersion within your within your family right, and, and exactly. within your artwork, Lisa, exactly. which I find uh, just so cool when um, when the talents that the Lord gives you can be put in into place to to bring other people to Christ. Yeah. Um, so going back to what you said earlier about how as early as you could hold a pencil, you were and you were drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk to us about um, yeah how you went from you know doodling as a young mm-hmm. uh, y- young kid to to like learning how to to prune and and strengthen your skills uh, through your high school career so i suppose one of the biggest turning points was the first time that i ever had any sort of official art mentoring ship i did it through ruth napier and i did it in elementary school um and the reason i had done it at that point was mainly because i i absolutely love drawing like anything that i was ever doing i wanted to draw um and it wasn't until looking back over the last 20 years of my life and whatnot that I realized what it was that I was doing while I was learning to draw. So even like, for example, one of the, the little seeds, I guess you could say, that, sure. that what came to fruition later on was when I was younger, my mother used to take us to adoration at Blessed Sacrament. And while she was praying and whatnot, she just said, all right, just be good, be quiet and whatnot, <laughs> do whatever you can. And I was always there drawing pictures and whatnot. That that was how, as a child, I could pray and I could communicate with him, is I would draw him and I would draw the Blessed Mother pictures. Oh, um, wow. And then I continued doing that as I was going through mentorships, not only with Ruth Napier, but there was a gal named Alyssa Tanner that I did in middle school and high school and whatnot. And while they were focusing on teaching me the technicalities of art and what makes art good in the sense of its portrayal of beauty, I realized that I was slowly discovering the truth and the goodness while I was growing, not only in my artistic abilities, but as well as growing spiritually and maturing mm. spiritually. Mm. Um, so it, it really started out as, as a small thing that, of course, the little introverted girl um, was always doodling and drawing in classes. Um, and it really, it really spoke to me specifically in middle school when we were going through confirmation prep of this is something that you can go further with. This is something that you're supposed to do in service of others. It has helped you as a child. Now, as, as I've done projects or commissions for other people, it's, it's been very clear to me that the good Lord's saying, this is what I want you to do now. You need to go and you need to serve the people and you need to bring them to me. Mm-hmm. That is the entire hmm. purpose of this vocation as an artist. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, and I think that's kind of rare for someone. I mean, like... I guess I think back to, like, my middle school and high school years, mm-hmm. and I would have, like, I had, like, zero appreciation <laughs> for, like, for things like that, you know? So I think it's um, it's kind of, like, hard to come by someone who really does want to appreciate art, but mm-hmm. um, specifically Catholic art and how it can lead us, you know, to greater devotion and greater prayer um, and deeper prayer mm-hmm. um, and how it just, like, affects that spiritual aspect of our lives, too. Um, I do have a question, though. Those uh, Ruth Napier and Alyssa Tanner, is that mm-hmm. what you said? Were they spe- were they Catholic, too, or were they just, like, technical No, those uh, were, mentors? as far as I know, because Ruth, I was working with her when I was between the ages of six and eight, so yeah. it's not like I was really asking her, do you <laughs> right. go to Sunday Mass? <laughs> right. um, and I believe at the time Alyssa Tanner was Christian. I'm not sure which denomination. Mm. Um, but, no, that at that point it was very much a just the focus on let's get you 
let's get you to a spot where you're no longer just doodling, that you're studying the masters. So mm. one of my one of my favorite studies that I did with her was a JC Liondecker study of this um this beautiful dapple horse and it had a ballerina dancer on her. So oh. it was a lot of studying things. You could compare it a lot to Leonardo's studies of we're just gonna learn the forms and the shapes of creation because in all of that that's that's things that the Lord himself created. So even if it wasn't specifically religious themes or there was a religious mm -hmm. intent at that point, it's like, no, we're going to teach you the very base fundamentals of this is what makes it beautiful. These are the canons of composition, as Anthony mm. Visco, one of my hopefully new mentors, um, <laughs> is, 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 is stressing greatly, um, is that there there is a a very specific formula, if you want to put it that way, to what pieces and aspects make something good art. Like, for example, if you look at the Sistine Chapel, anybody could walk into the Sistine Chapel and be pretty blown away, right? There's a lot going on. There is a lot going incredible. on. It's incredible. It is. It is. It really is. And part of what makes it so alluring to the eye is as much as I am a right-brained person, so math is not my strong suit, geometry and the ratios of perfection are everywhere in good art. Mm. So not only do you have to take into account that and how all of those reflect things that the divine creator has already instilled throughout nature. So that's basically where all of that was, is like, we're gonna teach you the base blocks of these, these are what make this thing beautiful. This symmetry is what makes it so appealing to the human eye. This is what like blows your mind and takes your breath away. So even though it wasn't like I'm doing um, studies of Raphael or the Italian <laughs> artists of the Renaissance, there, there definitely was, again, another, another small seed of this doesn't really make sense right now for where you're going to be, but I'll show you later in hindsight how this is going to play into yeah, where you're sure. at now and yeah. where you're going. What makes it per yeah. beautiful, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And Alyssa, I kind of have to, I want to turn uh, the conversation a little because uh, just from our conversations outside of tonight and, or outside of this show and, and, and so forth, uh, your term like a vocation as an artist mm -hmm. really comes from your deep devotion to uh, St. John Paul's letter to the artist that yes. he wrote back in. Yes. Oh, in 1999 mm -hmm. in April. Um, so speak into that and, and how much you've grasped of hold of his words. So, yeah, I'm to say I'm fond of JP2 is a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, not only is he my my confirmation saint, um, but like you said, Laura, the his letter to artists, I think, was the the great epiphany um, mm. that was that was so inspiring to me of this is something where you can, as an artist, do so much. And you don't have to be a Van Gogh or a Michelangelo mm. to get anywhere with it. Um, and specifically, what, what helped me realize that this is something that I wanted to do, like, through him, was the fact that he, he made art sound so logical, because it, it is indeed logical. Um, I know a lot of people have the idea that art is, is solely emotion, and it's, it's completely an expression of oneself. While that is true, there's, there's the transcendentals, truth, beauty, and goodness. That is the entirety of art. Um, mm -hmm. The way that he, JP2 has put it in his letter, um, is the beautiful was wedded to the true, so that through art, two souls might be lifted up from the world of the senses to the eternal. So there is this sense of lifting up as well as the, 
how do you put it? What's a good word for it? <laughs> um, there really is a a divine hand in everything creative, obviously, that comes from from him, ultimately. Um, yeah. But that really... It really is pushed forward when we, not only when we say yes to what it is that he wants us to do, because every person, to a small extent, is called to be an artist. That is, this is part of what he says when we're created in his likeness and image, and why he told Adam and Eve, you're going to dominate the earth. And I know that they say that in terms of, you're going to populate the earth. But even in that most basic biological fact of humans we're called to create everybody is called to be an artist mm -hmm. in some way even even Jesus himself like people would say oh yeah he was a speaker and whatnot and he was a carpenter <laughs> but people forget that 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 in its of itself is also a form of art so anything from music to literature to um, even architecture and whatnot I mean our churches are works of art are they not right. yeah. <laughs> um, so really what what had instilled it was the fact that not only is it vast and is it logical, um, but it is something that not only can be carried out into eternity in the sense of realizing what it is that he is trying to reveal to us, but even in the, the most simplistic forms of beauty, I guess mm. if you want to put it that sure. way. Um, there's just, there's infinite awe in yeah. all of it, I yeah. guess you could say. Very cool. And going off of uh, what you were saying, like, uh, in his letter, St. John Paul II talks about how, like, the ultimate creator was God himself, you mm -hmm. know, and, and he did that with the universe and so forth. And, and the artists that we see today are craftsmen, you mm -hmm. know, like, and they, they have a, you know, you, Alyssa O'Connor, have a capacity to... Um, to carry out, to continue the, the, the work of, of God the Father, you know, the ultimate creator. Um, and, and you do that well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do my best. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's something to say, too, about um, just, like, even in my own prayer, who I'm not a particular, like, creative, or, but I'm a visual person, too, so to, to put, you know, some biblical stories or images or people into an art, into, like, a form like you paint or you can draw um, is helpful for the people like me, <laughs> you know, who, <laughs> who, who maybe have a struggle, you know, visualizing um, or have um, maybe a struggle like with imaginative prayer. Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, look at something and then, um, you know, like pray with more of an image. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we will be right back with a with her about um, sacred art. And we're going to take a short break and we will be back just after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with an end-of-year gift planning tip. With the end of the year approaching, a charitable gift can help you support our mission and receive tax benefits. In addition to gifts of cash, here is a gift strategy worth considering. Gifts of appreciated assets such as securities or real estate are an excellent way for you to help our cause. Securities may be transferred directly to us, while real estate is transferred through a deed. These gifts will not affect your cash flow, and they provide the following tax benefits. A charitable deduction to help you save on taxes, a bypass of federal and state capital gains taxes, and an avoidance of tax on net investment income. To learn more about these strategies and the benefits of making an end-of-year gift, please call or visit our website today at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. As a sole provider, the needs of my growing family are something I pray for daily. I know continuing my education will benefit my family in the end, but I worry about what I'll miss while doing so. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, Real Presence listeners. My name is Laura Hawk, and I'm here with my co-host, Jordan Miller. We're coming at you from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help here in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, So if you're just joining us now, we have Alyssa O'Connor in the studio with us today. Um, We have been diving into a conversation about the need for sacred art um, in our world today and in the way that the Lord really uses beauty to bring us close to Him. So uh, Alyssa, again, thank you for joining us. And uh, as we begin... um, this time back from the break, why don't you just dive into sharing with us one of your favorite examples of sacred art? Absolutely. Um, I suppose one of my long since favorite pieces of work is, it's it's a more well-known one, so please don't take it as a cliche answer, mm-hmm. but the, the Pieta from Michelangelo, oh. that one, not only is it mind-blowing to know that he did it at 24, but also mm-hmm. just the you can see the time that he took and put into it and whatnot for it to be a timeless piece. Um, and I do have a, a close second piece, um, and it's one that, I'm not going to lie, I don't, I don't even know who the artist is or where it came from. It's one of the Blessed Mother, and she's in this dazzling sky blue gown, and she's got a white veil, and there's golden architecture all around her and cherubs kneeling before her as she holds the child Jesus with a lily. Um, And while it breaks my heart that I may not know who painted it or where it came from, it is a humbling reminder as an artist that my name is not to be remembered. I'm hoping that any pieces that I create speak to a person whether I get a title in it or not. And the fact that that only further proves to me that the entire role of sacred art is not for the glory or the satisfaction for the the artists themselves, but this is meant to, as we were talking about earlier, 
This is meant to lift the person themselves to look towards things that are divine. One of my favorite quotes by St. Bonaventure about, I believe it was uh, St. Francis of Assisi, um, and things of beauty, but, but he contemplated the one who is supremely beautiful and led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, just speaks to the fact that our whole role as sacred artists and even as, as lay people is in every little thing that we do, we're supposed to be directing each other's and ourselves towards him, whether we get acknowledgement from it or not afterwards. It's not about praise for us. It's about getting everybody home, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, by far, those those two hold a, a dear spot in my heart. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have... Um, you know, any of your own work, I think you told us earlier that you work more with oil paints. Um, but are there any of your own, um, you know, like pieces that you, you know, have kind of favored or the ones that maybe you're most proud of or the ones that you, um, you know, I'm sure it's like a, you know, a prayerful experience for you to create mm-hmm. something like this too. So is there it's a little a, bit of a stressful one as well? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Walk true. Walk us through that. That's Walk true. us through that. Yeah. So I... I mean, I'm a little biased, I won't lie, um, <laughs> because there's actually, and I think it's a struggle with every artist, is you only ever see the faults in your own art. You're like, oh, I should have done that one better, or oh, this would have looked so much better with this color. But out of the pieces um, that I've done that I think not only is one that I'm favored to, as well as I've seen other people favored to, is it's called The Guardian. Um, and it's one that I had on display for a while at a couple different events and whatnot um, of a guardian angel um, is the the central concept of the image and whatnot. Um, and around it, it's filled with darkness. And you can see that it's pulling somebody up out of the darkness. And that that was one, even though technicality-wise, I think... <laughs> I did a poor job, and I hope to repaint it again to do it at least somewhat better justice. Um, but that that raw idea is definitely one of my favorite ones. But to answer your question, Laura, and whatnot, is sacred art is not only is it a lengthy process, but it is a difficult one. Um, it's it's definitely You're not just painting a flower. You're <laughs> painting the face of God. That's you know exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. Like even even in the Old Testament, that was part of why they they were basically never allowed to do any sort of um, iconic art of him. Is because this is this is something that cannot be captured or cannot be manifested. So we're not even going to to try it, so that mm-hmm. we don't basically insult his perfect <laughs> image and whatnot. Um, and that. That initially broke with the Incarnation. Um, and it was even something that was brought up in the Second Council of Nicaea in 787 of if, if the divine can become incarnate through the person of Jesus Christ, then who's to say we can't even attempt to mm. reflect some of that beauty? Because that's mm. another thing you have to know as an artist is no matter how good the idea is or how good the concept <laughs> is in your head, you're never going to get it to that point, ever. Um, sure. Work work is only ever abandoned, never complete, because of the fact that it cannot capture in and of itself yeah. the yeah. fullness of reality, mm. which I suppose is a Just good thing, because <laughs> it leaves a little bit of room for interpretation from the viewer. It's supposed sure. to be an open-ended conversation, just in yeah. the visual 
manifestation. And I think it, it, it stimulates a true conversation uh, in prayer, you know, yes. like, like between you and, and, and um, God. Right. And, and I just remember I was uh, traveling abroad and I was in Oxford, England, and I was homesick mm-hmm. and, and I had an afternoon to kill um, alone. And, and where I ended was up going was into a museum and, mm-hmm. and I searched the, the, you know, piece of paper that told him what all the famous artwork is right and i was looking for religious art you know and, and in that moment of of um, being away from my family and and everything that seemed normal in the united states like mm-hmm. where i wanted to go was uh to that sacred art um so i think going back to like what jordan said about it really helping imaginative prayer um that's that's there's a real thing there yeah <laughs> right well that, that's exactly you know? it and that's something that the church itself has recognized and why it gave basically the not only the go-ahead, but even the the plead for artists is um, one of my other favorite uh, quotings from the Council of Nicaea was that the icon is venerated not for its own sake, but it is to point to the subject which it resents, mm-hmm. represents. So mm-hmm. it's, it is meant to be almost like the bridge in your prayer, in your conversation, which is also why if you look at um, icon art, like even what we have in the cathedral, mm-hmm. in terms of realism, it's not exactly yeah. a photograph, right. Right? right? But it still is beautiful and it still is captivating. And even in my own prayer, going to Mass and whatnot, I always find some way to have a conversation with Mom every time I look at yeah. that. Um, yeah. It's Yes, it's meant to be your your missing link or if you're if you want to use like an art poem with it um the creation of adam where their fingers are almost touching it's supposed to be that little little static spark between the two in order to help you look further beyond so and i just remember staring there in the museum (laughs) at at a particular painting and i was just like you know like um yeah i was yeah i just knew that there you know like in that moment i was captivated by it and and i think true beauty um I heard this from a different podcast I was listening to. True beauty makes the viewer take a deep breath in. And, mm-hmm. and in that deep breath in, there's almost a little sorrow involved because you know that the beauty which you are perceiving mm-hmm. um, on this side of death mm-hmm. isn't forever. Right. You know, like, and it really does bring our, our spirit to that which we are created for, mm-hmm. which is true beauty, right. you know, to yeah. the fullest. Right. Um, yeah. So it's that, good. Um, I was thinking about, as you were saying this, Alyssa, of... Um, you know, like our icons aren't actual or aren't seemingly like visual representations mm-hmm. of what's in front of us. You know, it's not a photograph. It's not. Right. And there's this artist I came across. Um, I had to look up her name quick because I wanted to make sure. But um, Kristen Brown, I don't know if you've oh, heard of yep. her. Yeah, but I just really appreciate about hers is that uh, her art is very um, realistic. And mm-hmm. they look, you know, just like photographs of a person who, right. in, in, especially of saints in particular. Mm-hmm. She does right. a lot it of work with It makes it feel like saints. you're actually having a conversation yeah. with a person yeah. rather than this is just a... An, uh, an image that a Russian painted however many hundreds right. of years ago. <laughs> right. And, and it's, yeah, it's modern and it's, and it's so realistic where like I can look at this image of St. Lucy and mm-hmm. have just like, like this image of this like little girl, you know, and, right. and it's, and it's a whole different dynamic or it's a whole different representation than I normally have in my head mm-hmm. when I read about the same. Yep, it lets you life. have a, basically a more powerful experience if you're doing like Lexio right. with it. Right. Yeah. And so I find hers particularly striking, you mm-hmm. know, and, and even, um, I have an image at my house of the Holy family that mm-hmm. she did. Um, and so like putting a real, like real person face to St. Joseph and Mary and right. in a dark cave, mm-hmm. um, is, yeah, is very striking and very moving. Um, right. and I think I was just thinking that 
like this Kristen Brown in particular is fulfilling the purpose of her art. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, you know, I've seen some of the work that you have done too, Alyssa. And I think, yeah, you're the same way. I think, uh, um, yeah, you give us a good representation of, of what these sacred images, um, mm -hmm. hold. So thank you. That's yeah. a compliment. <laughs> um, and so just leading into that, I want, um, before we are finished up here, I want to know if you have any words of encouragement for any other fellow artists, um, whether sacred or maybe not, but you know, that, um, that you could give to, you know, young people or old people. Um, yeah. To, to put it simply, um, not only practice your art because you're only going to improve the more you do it, but I would really encourage them not only to, to pray, while they're doing this, because regardless of whether or not they want to do super specific religious themes and whatnot, they're still called and they're still asked with the talents they're giving, just as in the parable of the talents, do not bury what you've been given. <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't waste don't, it. Exactly. Don't waste that's it. exactly <laughs> it. And I would also say, read JP2's letter. He puts it in much more <laughs> eloquent words than I can. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that's great. great. Well, Alyssa O'Connor, thank you very much for joining us this morning. It was a pleasure to visit with you. And yeah, it's just a reminded, um, yeah, a reminder to, to really use the sacred art and, and uh, allow it to take you to the Lord. Um, so thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, thank you, Alyssa. Um, up next, what is authentic joy and how can you find joy? Uh, stay tuned with us on Real Presence Live as we discuss... Um, that topic uh, within our next guest. So uh, we'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.